everybody. I'm Wendy Murdoch, and this is Webinars with Wendy. On Fridays, I talk about something relating to Surefoot. And today, what I thought I'd talk about is using the Surefoot pads for human balance. Um, I call it the balance trail. Some of my students call it the trail of torture. Um, but the Surefoot pads are great for people, uh, and you can use them uh, just like you do with a horse. Uh, the cool thing is, unlike uh, other balance type products that are on the market for humans, we invite you to wear whatever shoes you want to wear on the pads. So, you know, so often our footwear is really important to our balance. In other words, we can do all this stuff barefoot or in, say, a light sneaker, but then we have to put on a riding boot or um, a golf shoe or something like that. And that changes our balance. So, you know, it's always a good idea to practice with the footwear that you're going to wear when you ride. Um, and so we invite people to use their surefoot pads as their prep for getting ready to ride their horse, um, just in the same way you would prep your horse. Now, of course, if anybody on the webinar has any questions about anything regarding surefoot, please pop it in the chat or the Q&A, um, and I'm happy to entertain those questions and answer them as best I can. Um, but I really thought it'd be a nice idea to talk about how you can use surefoot for your balance. And of course, the thing we realize is, you know, I, I, as my day job is teaching riding, uh, people always talk to me, oh, I have terrible balance. Oh, I, you know, um, if you're not falling down, you have good balance. In other words, people with inner ear problems, which I've had, I've had uh, vertigo actually so bad I couldn't get out of bed. Um, fortunately, uh, going to my Feldenkrais training resolved it completely, well, 99% unless I paint a ceiling and then I'm in trouble. Looking up with my arm up is, uh, can trigger it, but it's I, so much better that I forget. And it used to be that, you know, if I was traveling, I was in an airport and the belt for the luggage was going around, it, I, I could feel that it was really disturbing or ceiling fans. So if you've ever had that kind of problem with vertigo, you realize that we take our balance for granted. Um, on a daily basis, we do all kinds of things that we don't even realize our nervous system is handling for us. Um, and the other experience I had was after the surgery I had three years ago, where they removed a bone spur and reattached glute medius, um, I was really struggling with my balance. I had pretty much lost the proprioception of my left leg as it integrated in my entire body. Um, and at one point I went to see one doctor and he asked me to stand on my tiptoes and guess what? I couldn't do it at all, but I didn't know because I hadn't tried. So, you know, it's balance is a really interesting thing. And it's something that as we get older, it's really important that we keep working on our balance and challenging ourselves to keep things alive because uh, what happens as we age is the proprioceptors kind of get a little dull. Or um, if you think about, you know, if you have an older parent or an older, you know, person in your life and you've watched them, they, they start to move in a tense way, worried about falling over, worried about their balance. And it's going to go back to, to the feet. If the ankles are getting stiff, where we have lots of proprioceptors, or, um, you know, they the biggest one is that if we start to take our head and put it forward, now we're already compromising our balance and older people tend to wanna to look down and see where they're stepping. Well, that moves their head forward and makes them more precarious. Um, and then a good friend of mine once told me about how 
as you get older, you know, if you're, if you're bedridden for any length of time and you have the weight of the sheets on your feet, it can actually cause you, your feet to go into flexion, meaning toe down. Um, and then of course, for walking and standing, we need toes up. So it's really important if you have any older people in your life that you're, um, you know, that you know is spending a lot of time in bed, make sure you pull the sheets back off their feet and allow their feet to be more in a standing posture rather than having the weight of the sheet uh, put their foot in flexion. So anytime it goes down, it's flexion. Um, so let me just, um, I'm gonna pop up one picture of this that I think is really, really fun uh, before we get going on this topic. And um, th this is a bit extreme in terms of improving your balance using surefoot pads. But of course, um, you know, we've designed them for horses and we have a lot of people using surefoot pads now for themselves. This is Callie King doing her headstand. And of course, her little dog Frida in the middle there. We are working on developing surepaws. Um, we're, we're, uh, we've got a lot of things in process. I'll say that. Um, and so that's one of the things that we are working on. There's been some steps that we had to go back and redo. Um, so hopefully within, by the end of the year, we'll be rolling out SurePaws. So um, stay tuned on that. But, um, oh, rats, I forgot there was something I was gonna say that was really important. <laughs> It'll come back to me. Um, so, oh, I remember. Um, so first of all, and especially for riders, you know, like I, uh, the webinar I did, I guess it was two weeks, two Fridays ago now about the rider has been very popular. Um, and we just did our, our um, effortless rider free workshop, which is now closed, um, where there's uh, four modules where uh, we offer you some lessons and so they're really fun ones, a couple of Feldenkrais type lessons in there and using the mirror. Um, and one of them was talking about heels down. And I think that there's a lot of confusion about heels down just from the perspective of the nervous system. So what I'd like everybody to do is take your hand and close your hand. And this is called flexion. When we bring the underside toward the underside, right? That's flexion. And now when we express, uh, sorry, um, expand the hand and go in the opposite direction, this is flex, uh, extension, sorry. <laughs> Extension, flexion, okay? And you can see that the fingers get straight, there's a tension in the palm as the fingers go away from the palm, okay? So now, those of you watching, if you were to flex your ankle, notice which direction your foot goes. In other words, do the toes go toward the sky and get closer to your shin at the front, or do they go the other way? And so, it's really important to understand, and I actually have my skeleton. I'm gonna, let's see if I can get his, oh, there's his foot. He's next to me, because I had him here for another webinar I did the other day. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just get rid of the background for a second, um, so you can see what I'm talking about. Here we go, there's my skeleton. Okay, so this is um, Elmer actually, and I just have to reposition him a little bit. Here's your foot. Okay, and so when we think of heels down, or some people say toes up, what we do is we bring the top of the toes toward the shin. Okay, this is actually extension. 
not flexion. So people say flex your ankle and they want the top of the foot to come close to the shin, which is extension, okay? Really extension, oh, it's got some dust. Flexion is when the toes curl and go toward the sole of the foot. That is flexion, okay? So now while you're sitting there, if you pull the front of your foot up towards your shin, that's extension and notice what happens in your knee. Does your knee start to straighten, especially if it's your foot's not planted on the ground? And what happens when you go the other way? So in PT world, they talk about dorsiflexion and plantar flexion. So I'm just gonna put my screen back because it's a little bit better view. Do, do, do. There we go. Um, it's just a little cleaner. So in PT, they talk about dorsiflexion where if this is my toes, they come up toward my shin, dorsiflexion and plantar flexion. But both of them talk about flexion. And our nervous system is smart enough to know that that's not entirely true. Yes, he's got his helmet on, <laughs> of course. Um, so let's figure this out a little bit because this is so important toward good riding and how we're gonna use the surefoot pads to help improve your position on the horse and improve your balance, okay? So if you take your hand and you close it, you, you, you go into flexion and you can see the non-hairy side goes toward the non-hairy side, right? And that's flexion. And if we go the other way, that's extension, okay? So now slowly start to curl your fingers and feel how all these joints bend and they come in toward the palm. And then by sympathy, the wrist and the elbow want to bend. So now with your foot, curl your toes and notice that your toes go toward the sole of your foot. And as you curl, if you keep following, the ankle is going to point, it's gonna, the angle's gonna increase and the front of the foot's gonna point down toward the sole or down toward the ground and your knee bends. This is flexion. And now think of bringing the toes and spreading them apart and starting to follow that with your ankle and you get into what most people consider a heels down position, heel lower than the ball of the foot. But at the same time, what happened with your knee? If you were standing and kind of taking some weight off that leg, you're gonna find that the knee straightens. And the other thing that happens is the lower back goes into extension, meaning it hollows. And the downside of this is as the lower back hollows, the iliofemoral ligament, the ligament that attaches from the pelvis to the femur, comes under tension. And what that does is restrict the hip joint, which is a good thing in standing because that's going to keep us more stable. But in riding, we need that hip joint to be flexible, functional, fluid without tension. And so here's where we start to get into the confusion between heels down in a passive way where there is mobility in the ankle or heels down in a rigid way, which actually puts rigidity in through the leg, which are your shock absorbing joints of hip, knee and ankle and lower back. Okay, any questions about that? Is that clear? Because if that's clear, I will now go back to some pictures. I'm gonna pause here for a second while I find the ones I want. Okay. 
So in this picture, this is um, using the Surefoot pads. Everybody was going over them to feel them. And by the way, um, it's a really good thing to do to stand on all your Surefoot pads and feel what they're like and how they feel to you. Um, sometimes I actually use that as a way to help people make a decision because if you like that particular density, a lot of times your horse is going to, not always, but sometimes it's a fair way to, to judge. So this person is standing on the firm slant in the typical way that riders wanna stand on them with her heel lower than the ball of her foot. But as she does that, you can see how that's caused her knees to straighten. And if this knee starts to straighten with this heel down, meaning that we are in extension, the ankle's in extension and the knee is in, in extension, it's gonna start putting the lower back into extension. And the problem with that is now your lower back can't follow properly the movement of the horse because of the influence of that position. So um, I've got somebody else trying to get into the webinar. So let me just go over here and get them in really quickly. There we go, I think. Yep. Okay. So this is where you can use your Surefoot pads to help you improve your position. Let me just get back to, uh, here's my photos. Here we go. Okay. Um, oh, uh, okay. I'm going to share this one now. I know there's a really adorable puppy in the middle of this picture. Okay. <laughs> um, but again, you can see how this person now, she's gone into more of what we think of for riding a heels down position, but you can see how that's going to start causing this whole leg to straighten. And what's really interesting is look at what this individual is doing and how often do riders tend to lift their toes up like that. That's extension, right? And you can see how there's very little weight on the the, this ball of the foot and there's some weight here, but she sunk back on her heels and that's straightening her knees and it's actually going to throw her backwards. So um, when we are in this idea and everybody has a slightly different variation of heels down, toes up, uh, it's the same thing from a uh, the muscular neurological perspective. If you lift your toes, it's extension. If you put your heels down deep and jam them down, it's extension. Okay. So let me just get here. Um, and this is just a picture of the balance trail. So what I do at my clinics is I'll set up all the Surefoot pads. You can see um, hard, firm, and I usually set them up in the order of density if I'm doing a Surefoot workshop. If I'm doing a rider workshop, I pull out a lot of other stuff and kind of mix it up and um, throw in some other human balance uh, objects. Here's just another view of it where you can see I've got the physio pad at the end. And notice here, I have the firm slants in the opposite direction. So as the people are coming through, when they step on this one, they're going to be heel high. And that is totally on purpose. So um, I've intentionally done that because I am looking to create a different experience. Now here, I'm just gonna resume share. Here again, you can see how this person is standing on the slants 
heel low and how much it straightened her knees, but also notice how her head has dropped forward, right? So her head's dropped forward to kind of counter what's happening here with the straightening that's gonna make her butt go back a little bit. She's gonna put her head forward. And let me see if I can find. Let's see, I'm looking for the other uh, direction here. I have it. I just have to go through the pictures and I'm not going to make you suffer through my rapid flipping. No, oh, that's, yep, I'll get to that. Where is it? So I have some fun, fun pictures. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here, um, and this is another thing to do with sure foot is if you're working with the horse or, you know, you have your, uh, you're working with a friend and the rider's nervous, it's a great idea to put your friend on the sure foot pad. So is everybody seeing, I might just stop and reshare so I know that we're all on the same page. I know sometimes Zoom doesn't follow, all right? So I've got her standing on the firm slants here, but you can see how much her upper back wants to kind of come back. And so if we put her in the other direction, heel low, that she would have to lean back even more. Um, and so we can use the pads to help riders find a better position. I've got a lot of cute pictures, but I'm looking for, okay. So, so here's a balance trail I set up where I used some other objects. I have this um, air-filled um, disc and uh, what I do is I can make it either more challenging or less challenging by how much air I put in it. I have these, what I think of as kind of like dog bones and these corn rolls here. They're, they're knobbies, they're for people, they're for sensory input. Of course, the pods that we use with the horses. And I've set up the slants. Here you can see the pink slants are set up heel high and the yellow slants are set up heel low. So that I was offering people just the different directions. And, um, you know, it's at first I just let people kind of go through on their own and find their balance. And this is often really typical of the posture that we see a rider assume when they're on the pads, when they're looking for their rider position. So what I want to point out here is the hollow in the lower back. So the lower back has gone into extension, the tight jaw, the shoulders pulled back, the, you know, she's kind of had to lift her head up and the tension in the arms. And what we can see is here would be her ear, shoulder, but they're not in line with her hip, which is here, right? So if I make this a little bit bigger, the seam of the pants is really a great place to locate the hip. It's more toward the front of the body than the back because we have our glute muscles, right? So our hip joints about here, and we can see how much this shoulder and ear is pulled back behind the hip line. So if I applied a force to this person, which I do in my riding clinics, I get, I'm really mean. I come up and go, great, you feel solid. And then I apply a force, meaning I push. Um, and we find out how stable they are. And in this particular case, you can see that if I applied a force coming to her chest here, say as in a horse accelerating, moving forward, she's already going back. So there's gonna have to be a catch, a, a muscle effort to catch her from getting blown back off the back of the horse. And she's gonna have to tighten her core and use a lot of strength to overcome the momentum and gravity and the force exerted um, 
And so she's going to have to work harder. She's going to tighten her back more. She's going to have to tighten her core really tight. That's going to tighten her hip joints because this posture of the lower back already tightens that iliofemoral ligament and tenses the hip joint more than we want. So can she be strong enough to resist the force? Yes, but what's going to happen to the horse? Well, if she's hollow backed, it's going to cause her horse to go in a hollow back position. Okay, so we can see how that ear, shoulder, hip, ankle alignment, this is kind of already going backwards. So now let me just, okay, so here we've made a change and you can see how much softer her lower back is and she's still, she's on pods, but look at what her feet have done. She has actually gone into a foot down flexion position with her foot which has allowed her knee to flex, lengthened her lower back, gonna soften her hips. And yes, her head is forward, her ear is here because, oops, she has been in this position as a habit for a long time. In other words, here's the tension in the neck and the jaw. And when she, oops, I gotta figure out which, lets that go and lengthens her lower back so that her chest is over her pelvis. This has still has residual from that posture and her, it looks like it has her head more forward than it will wind up in the end. But now we can see this lovely shoulder hip alignment. Look at the softness in the jaw. Look at the length of the back. Look at that, she can let go here. She doesn't need all that core strength. And the thing that's so interesting is that we achieve that by allowing her foot to go into flexion, which creates flexion in the knee and lengthen the lower back. Okay. So just do these two again. Here's the old place in what she perceived as a correct position and she's on a flat pad. She's not on uh, a slant or anything, but you can see all this tension. And then in the new place, most riders tell me they feel slumpy because it's softer, right? And now the rib cage, and you can see how the rib cage is now over the pelvis. So when I apply a force, she's able to send that force down into the ground instead of already going backward. And I'm going to flip her right off the back of those pads. So this is where your sure foot pads can be so beneficial. Hang on, I'm trying to get to another picture for you. And so here's, she, this woman has a very long thigh and she's in a more bent position than she might need to be. If she's gonna ride dressage, she could actually come up a little bit. So there's less bend in the knee, but notice that she is in a flexion in her ankle. Now, it's not like standing on your tiptoes. And we saw that other person that had the toes like stuck up in the air. What we've done here is support the entire foot with a surface, similar to if you think about a runner's start block, right? Her whole foot is in contact with the pad, not just, she's not just raising her heel, right? But as that whole foot is in contact with the pad and that allows for this ankle to go into a 
small degree of flexion, we can see how that has now softened the knee, right? And it's gonna soften the hip. And we could say that there's still a little bit of tightness in this lower back, that if we look at knowing, let's see, I'll just make it a tiny bit smaller so you can see what I'm talking about. If I move this picture up a little bit, there we go. Her hip joint is right about here. And I have a little hand right now. So hopefully you can see that little hand where I'm pointing out the hip joint. And her shoulder joint is here. So her shoulder is slightly behind her hip. And we can see that there's still a little tightness in the lower back. And so now if I apply a force to her upper chest, there's some chance that she's gonna have to go back instead of being able to translate that force down through into the surefoot pads. Okay, you can see my little hand, super. I don't know how I wound up. Oops, now I'm back to a pointer, <laughs> okay? But we can see how this position of shoulder, hip, ankle, right? That line, and I'm not perfectly square with my camera to the person. So you have to realize I'm a little bit behind her. Um, but we have a really nice, actually, ear, shoulder, hip, ankle alignment. Um, come on. And then we took her forward and put her on a flat. And again, we have, she's a little bit looking down, right? So that's tipped her head a little forward, but we still have a pretty good ear, shoulder, hip, ankle alignment. And we have that softness in the knee. So, you know, because the pads are unstable, um, they challenge your balance. And this is a great opportunity to use your pads to help you find better balance. So now here's, um, this was at a, at a workshop that I did, and you can just see the slant pads that she's on, hard slants, toe down. But again, that we've got this really nice ear, sorry, shoulder, hip, ankle alignment. And yeah, is the ear perfectly over the shoulder? No, but I don't worry about the head at this point. If we can get the hip and ankle working and the shoulder over the hip, it's gonna sort its way out. The head I usually comes last because it's been the thing that's had the most tension. And here I am pushing on this person who is on this disc that I showed you earlier. And what I want you to notice again, is what her feet are doing, how her knees have really bent, and how I'm pushing on her. Look at the relaxation in her arms. There is no tension in these arms at all. And I am really pushing, and she is on a very unstable surface with both feet. So if she puts too much pressure on one side, it's gonna affect the other. And look at her horizon, her gaze, right? So we get that ear, shoulder, hip, ankle alignment, and she's really steady and can resist my force, which would be the direction of force in a downward transition, okay? Here's another person, very long torso, long thigh, right? Um, you can almost think of this person having uh, more lax ligaments than others, kind of your hunter type rider. And here she is, if we didn't look at her feet, and we looked at the ear, shoulder, hip alignment, we go, wow, nice flat back. Yeah, the shoulder girl's a little rolled forward. She could expand a little more in her chest, no worries, right? And her, but her ear, shoulder, hip alignment. And then when we look down, we go, wait a second, how come her toes are down? 
how come she's standing with her heel higher than the ball of her foot? Again, you have to remember that her whole foot is supported on this pad. So she has gone into flexion or at least come out of extension in the ankles, which allows the knee and to soften and the lower back to lengthen. Now, in the end, we want to be able to find this like the person on the uh, air-filled pod um, with our heel in the what we would call correct position, lower than the ball of the foot when we're riding. But that's the next step. So in other words, you've got to address the habit of jamming and which an unstable surface is going to address because it's going to give and make you unstable. And here again, we have the lengthening lower back, the softness in the knee, and she's on a flat pad at this point. So I always take my people through a process of finding here she is in her old place, right? The tightness in the lower back, the seat bones pointing a little behind, the tightness in the jaw, right? The stiffness in the neck. And then if I go, let's see if I can go back to the other one, how much softer this jaw is, right? How much softer the arm is, the lower back is. So this is where your sure foot pads can be so helpful for you to help you find your balance. Here again, you can see this lovely shoulder hip alignment, this soft knee. I'm not sure what pad she's on. I can't see that. Um, but we so often have this, uh, go stop share for a second. Riding is so often taught as a pose instead of a function. You know, heels down, shoulders back, chest out is a pose. It's a forced position without the understanding of why we want to be there. And a horse is an unstable surface because our feet are in the stirrups, which are unstable because as the horse moves, the stirrups are going to move. If we brace our heels down, they're going to swing like a pendulum. And so we're essentially on an unstable surface and we need to be able to find our balance and organization. Um, I just somebody noticed that Ned was sitting on the steps watching. Yes, Ned's often uh, viewing from a distance. Um, and so this is where, you know, if you're going to warm your horse up using your surefoot pads, it's a great idea for you to warm up standing on them as well and just kind of sinking into them, feeling the instability. Close your eyes and find out how does it feel to stand on your surefoot pads with your eyes closed. Now, I know for me, because I've had so many balance issues over the years that I have to be careful if I'm on an unlevel surface and closing my eyes, um, uh, I can feel like I'm going to lose my balance. So I'm basically compromised, uh, in, but I manage really, really, really well. Uh, and it's keeping the nervous system alive and checking and challenging yourself so that as you get older, you keep that proprioception alive. You keep that nervous system processing balance. You, uh, you want to stay, uh, you, well, the other thing is working the little tiny postural muscles, just like your horses. So when you stand on balance pads, you're going to work those little tiny postural muscles um, that are going to help keep everything healthy. So, um, oh, I know I have a video of that, but I don't know. I'm going to go back to screen share again here. 
Um, so this was just at a, at a Surefoot workshop and everybody was trying out all the different pads and you can see somebody here standing heel high, somebody on the physio pad, somebody on the half physio pad, somebody checking out the pods. Um, it's great if you can do this barefoot, but you're not always in that situation. And remember, it's important to be able to find your balance with your footwear. Uh, oh, there, resume share. So you should be able to see this picture now. Um, that you test it out with your footwear. Um, you know, your boots really do make a difference. And if you've ever like been riding in paddock boots and then you're going to go to a show and you put on your tall boots and you're like, wow, that feels really different and everything's really different in the saddle. It does matter that you practice with all your different footwear. Um, I know, struggling with going through these pictures. And here's just, here's another person who's, you can see that she stood on them heel low and it's so interesting how, how hollow she's gotten here. Her head's come forward because you're going to put your head over your feet. And if she took her head back, she'd lose her balance. Oops, there we go, resume share, right? Her head's forward, her back's hollow. She's looking down and, you know, she's trying to keep soft in the knees, but this depth of heel is going to start causing her knees to extend. Great, I'm glad you like the photos. So again, here's just another balance trail. When I set it up, I um, these folks are a little bit close. You like to have enough room that you don't feel crowded by the person in front of you. But you can see she's having to really focus and look ahead, right? And this person, you can see she has a lot more weight on her left leg than her right. So the pads are gonna give underneath your feet in the same way they do for the horse. And you'll discover things. Um, so somebody's making the comment that bareback riders have good balance to stay on. Often their legs are rather forward, but good riders tend to dangle their feet with toe down. Yes. Um, and so, you know, very often I'll get someone who's been riding bareback and they want to ride in the saddle and they really don't know what to do with their legs because they haven't had anything to do with their legs, if you will. When there is no stirrup, there's something called an open kinetic chain. In other words, there's no limit. So, you know, if I'm riding bareback, my leg can dangle and, it, and there's no limit. There's, I don't have to work within a frame, but the minute I have a stirrup, now my joints have to work within the frame. And you can think of it just like the horse. When you take contact, the horse has to learn how to work within the frame so that he lifts his back to carry the weight of a rider. Um, and so while riding bareback is a good activity to improve balance, it doesn't teach us how to ride in a saddle, which actually helps us to, it fits our pelvis so that we're not straddled. It alleviates pressure in the hips, especially on a wide horse, which bareback's gonna cause your leg to go forward. You don't really have a choice. It's gonna go in the girth groove. So we don't get the advantage of our leg as we do in a saddle. But if we've been riding bareback and we haven't learned how to use a stirrup, most bareback riders fight them because you have to learn how to work within the frame just the same way a horse learns to work within a frame. And when you learn to work within that frame, your leg is a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage because the leg now can absorb the motion of the horse instead of your lower back. So, um, you know, it's, uh, I rode bareback as a kid. I did it a lot. We used to go down to the river. However, 
learning to ride within the limit of a stirrup in a saddle is a really important exercise because the other thing to think about is that when you're bareback, your weight is not distributed over the horse's back. It's concentrated to your seat bones. When you ride in a saddle, a well-fitting saddle, and we're going to have a talk on saddles coming up really soon next week, actually. It's a big, big surprise. Stay tuned. But when you have a saddle that fits properly, it's distributing your weight over a larger surface area and reducing pressure. Pre five pounds of pressure, which is nothing, can cause damage. Um, and so endurance horses where they rode bareback and they only walked can, will come in with two marks from the rider's sit bones. So there's a reason for a saddle. Um, and, you know, there's been a huge amount of development and in saddles and some of it's been good and some of it has been not so good because we're basically the whole idea is to distribute the rider's weight over a larger surface area on the underside and to fit the rider's pelvis on the top side and to align their leg so that it is an advantage, not a disadvantage. And so stay tuned for next, it's on the 27th. We're gonna have a webinar on saddle fit. I'm so excited. I've been working on this for nine months. And so here, you know, that's the thing is, um, when we when the stirrup becomes our friend instead of our enemy when we learn how to use it in a positive way when we learn how by standing heel high to soften the knees and lengthen the lower back we can then go on to other objects that have more give and then we have to be able to respond to the horse so let me see if i can find i'm i've paused the, um, so I'm not going to make you nauseous while I go through these pictures. Uh, so the ankle needs to do what I call treadle. It needs to be able to respond. And here I'm going to show you a video of a responsive ankle. Okay, so not only is this ankle responsive, but this gentleman is swinging a rope. And what you can see is his ankles have to stay alive. They have to respond to what's happening and not be fixed. And so I'm gonna see if I can't um, make this a little bit, oh, maybe I can't. I was hoping I could zoom in, um, but I'll play it again, okay? And you can see his, he's got his flat back. He's a little more crouched than he needs to be. He could be a little, taller if we were to make any criticism of this right so that um we didn't see the video okay i'm gonna resume share up oh, yeah i didn't have resume share okay so i'm just gonna play it in its entirety here first thank you guys for keeping me on track okay and what you can see is how responsive ability to respond his joints are while he's swinging this rope so if we were to jam or fix the ankles, he would be off this thing in a heartbeat, right? So I'm just gonna see if I can scrub it forward a little bit. And look, he's gone a little toe down and then heels and then toe. And it's interesting because I think it actually corresponds to where the rope is. As the rope's coming forward, he goes a little more, yep. And there he's gone a little more into his heels. So this, believe me, this is not easy, right? But this helps to establish the, the balance one needs because the tendency is when we're on our horse, 
we, we let the horse kind of do a lot of the balancing work. Uh, you know, they have to like deal with our, our position, good or bad, but you can see how much his ankles are responding as he's swinging that rope. Okay, so I'm looking for a responsive ankle in the rider, not a fixed ankle, not a jammed ankle, not a braced ankle, but one that can go with the motion of the horse in whatever activity the horse is doing. Well, let's see, I think I have a, yep, here he is on, a, uh, on an even greater challenge. So the other one, the two feet were independent. They were each on a disc. Here, they're both on one disc and you can see as soon as he put his weight, and I'll, I'll just scrub this, his weight shifts to the side and then goes back into his heels and watch, he raises up. His whole body gets further away from the ground because he's gone into his heels and now he can't maintain his balance any longer and he has to step off because he got too deep in the heels. Okay, let's see. Here's another trial. It's a little longer, so I know he did better. Right? And you can see it's like the horse is going to buck him off here. But look at how much his ankles have to respond in order to, for the rest of his body to be quiet. And this is the thing that's so critical is that the ankles have to do the job of absorbing. The minute we fix our heels down, they can't do the job of responding. So I'm gonna go scrub this really slowly. He's a little toe down, more toe down heel, side, side, right? Back and forth, left and right, toe heel. So these ankles are able to respond to what is happening to, on the unstable surface while the rest of his body, look at the length of his back, the softness in the hip, the thigh going forward down, the shoulder free, the eyes staying forward. So the upper part, if we just thought about the upper part, you can see right there, he gets in a little trouble. He got into his heels and he, his whole body raised up, but he solved it by coming back down, lowering his center closer to the ground. That's where we find greater stability. So, you know, that's an example of using an unstable surface to help the rider be better able to balance. And the horse is an unstable surface. It moves underneath us. If we brace into the stirrups or stiffen our legs in order to cope with that unstable surface, our center gets higher. It raises up. And then we are more unstable and more subject to the forces of the horse accelerating, decelerating, going sideways. And then as we start to pivot, we're gonna pull on the horse's mouth. I mean, you don't have an option, right? Unless you take the bridle off, you fall off. But the whole idea is the higher your center goes, the more unstable you're gonna be. In order to be more stable, it needs to stay down. To stay down and yet absorb the motion of the horse, the hip, knee and ankle have to do the job. They are the design for absorbing the movement. Um, you know, my example, I always go back to um, Whitey, the snowboard guy who um, was also, he did skateboard and exquisite, exquisite balance and use of his joints. He would do his half pipe and he'd go up and he'd just accordion and then spin and then come back down and go up and accordion and spin and come back down. 
when you think of a horse jumping, it's the same thing. They have to accordion their legs up and then extend right over the jump. So they have to use the ground, push, fold, and extend. So if we can't allow our joints, our shock absorbing joints of hip, knee, and ankle to go with the movement of the horse, we're actually gonna make the horse's job harder. We, if we brace down in the stirrups, the force against the stirrups is gonna go up the stirrup leather to the bars of the saddle and push the horses back down when we want the horses back up in a weight-bearing posture to decrease the stress on the legs. The better our balance is, and the more we work on our balance, then the easier it is for the horse. And so if you got surefoot pads in your barn, stand on them, balance on them, experiment. I'm gonna see, um, I don't know if I can pull this up quickly or not. Um, uh, I have a video of uh, Jim where they're using surefoot pads to improve people balance. And um, I'll just look real quick. Boy, what's that? Um, and if you have any questions, please go ahead and pop them in the chat. really quickly because it will give you the idea. Yeah, I can't find it quickly. Okay, I'll find it later and I'll play it. But, you know, practice standing on one foot on your surefoot pads. Um, practice, you know, bending and straightening your knee a little. <laughs> uh, anything you can do to kind of challenge, you know, lifting one leg, uh, taking one foot back. Let's see, I'm going to pause share here for a second. I'm going to just show you some other uh, images. Let me see if I can find them. Uh, you know, here's something you can do. Sit on a stack of short foot pads if you have a stack <laughs> um, without holding on. Here's just, here's a cute picture. You know, you can do this barefoot. Um, and with your shoes and that they're different. So it's really important to, you can flip your pads over and stand on the other side. Anything you can do to help establish your balance and stability is really important. There's working with dogs. Um, let me just find the other picture that I wanted. Oh. Um, sometimes we find that cats really enjoy surefoot, <laughs> right? So if you leave them around, you might find that some feline will come over and experiment with your pads. Um, it's not unusual that they wind up, uh, I have lots of pictures of cats on surefoot pads. Um, the idea of, you know, doing some kind of activity, working on extending your arms and retracting them as if to give to your horse over a fence, okay? Um, we even find that pigs like surefoot pads. Oh, and I do have, I have actually, uh, I have a cute, hang on. So um, <laughs> this is my cat. He was, he decided to work on his balance one day. So he got onto the BOSU, <laughs> which I had under my desk. 
and you can see how he's just going with that and uh and going with the flow there but working on his balance and as he moves his head notice how much that shifts his weight so turning to look while you're on your sure foot pads and making you know seeing if you can do that and not lose your balance um you, sometimes we don't even realize what is what moving our eyes or turning our head does to our balance and you know it doesn't matter how many pads you have use whatever pads you have um some people who this is just a setup for someone who has uh either supinated or pronated feet we just took the hard slants we put them with the high side toward each other okay so this is putting the person in supination and then oops i thought i had the opposite yep that's still supination um, but then you can switch it and go into pronation so that the sole of the foot points away. I'm just looking to see what else I've got here that I haven't shown you yet. Oh. <laughs> and of course, you have to be careful if you use your sure foot pads and leave them around because you might find a rooster who comes and checks them out. So um, everybody gets a bit curious about sure foot. So, you know, there's just uh, another way that you can use your pads to not only improve your horse's balance, but to improve your own riding. Uh, we wanna be able to stay flexible. I'm actually been um, experimenting with archery. Um, and one of these days I'm gonna grab my sure foot pads and take them down there and stand on my pads while I'm shooting. Um, but just be creative. And, you know, if, if anybody's recovering from any kind of surgery or anything like that, the physio pad. So my own personal experience with the physio pad was that um, I had surgery where they had to, this is, if this is my greater trochanter and my hip joint, they had to remove a bone spur. And when they took out the bursa and when they got in there, they found out that the glute medius muscle only had 25% attachment. So they put in two pins, two screws, and they stitched up into the tendon and they reattached it. Well, that was a bit more than we all expected, or at least I expected. Um, and so I was really struggling to stand on my left leg again after the surgery. Um, I had physical therapy and I still three weeks later could not stand on my left leg until I stood on my physio pad. And it was a fluke. I was washing it and I thought, well, what if I just throw it on the floor and stand on this thing? And it just blew me away because it allowed me to stand on my left leg without holding on. So if you're recovering from an injury, um, you know, if you're feeling unstable, if you're anxious, you can stand on your sure foot pads. Um, we see the people have the same kind of responses. It's more subtle, but we see swaying. We see relaxation. Um, you might even see some yawning. Uh, just the whole whole kind of response that we see in the horses, only more subtle. We tend to not see people lick and chew and go to sleep the way the horses do, but it's still um, valuable. And of course, you know, it's just so important that we keep thinking about our balance in throughout our life. Um, you know, and it's not like, oh, I'm older, so that's why I've lost it. It's like, no. Um, you know, movement is life and life is movement. And the more we challenge our movement and our, and our balance and our stability, the better we're gonna be as we grow older. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, the death sentence of, oh, I'm getting older. We can keep improving. And I think that that's, you know, from the Feldenkrais perspective, that's 
perhaps the biggest message is that uh, Feldenkrais looked at health as the ability to recover. Health is the ability to recover. So that doesn't mean we aren't going to have insults and injuries. We're not going to hurt our ankle or, you know, do something like that. But that if we're healthy, we'll be able to recover from it, including this pandemic. Um, and so we want to keep moving. And that's really the, I think the best message I can offer is that, you know, keep moving, whether that's mentally or physically and, uh, and enjoy your life. So we've come to the end of another webinar, another Friday. We got a little philosophical here. If you have any questions, um, oh, what's my opinion on the mechanical horses for practicing? Ah, it depends. So there are many horse simulators. However, the simulator is only as good as the instruction that comes with it. In what I mean by that is, I have seen people using horse simulators in ways that I am horrified because I would never use it that way. Um, and I have seen, you know, like I've, for years I've used exercise balls and I now have the Anywhere Saddle Chair, which the purpose of the Anywhere Saddle Chair is to keep your pelvis moving and, and as opposed to just sitting in a chair for hours upon hours. So, you know, movement. Um, it's not about being in perfect rider position all the time on the anywhere saddle chair. It's about getting pelvic movement, hip mobility, and maintaining that because chairs put us in that right angle typically. Um, and then the hips just get stuck and all our weights down onto our sit bones instead of being able to lengthen it down through our thighs. So when we get to the mechanical horses, um, it's really dependent on the instruction. And then we have to look at, you know, if it's a rigid body, are we learning the movement of our seat? It's a, if it's a flexible body, what is the movement we're being shown? I hope that makes sense. Um, any other questions today? Great. So just, you know, make sure you grab your surfboard pads and you stand on it for a few minutes before you get on your horse. Have a great weekend. Thank you all for joining me. Um, like I said, next week, uh, we have Emma. I know we have Emma on Monday, but we have a saddle fitting webinar coming up. So make sure you sign up for the Murdoch Method newsletter at murdochmethod.com. I put it out on Sunday so you get notified when uh, the time and date on that saddle fit webinar. Thanks so much for joining me. Have a great weekend and uh, stay well. Bye.